0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Drew the Catholic. I'm Drew the Catholic, and a little bit of a different setup this time, as you can see. And you know what? It's uh, it's been a while. We (laughs) Stephen and I um, had two episodes recorded, ready to go, and I goofed. I um I did not. I don't know how it happened, but they got deleted. I think uh, we were filming them just on my Sony camera, right? with the audio going into the camera. So everything was kind of in one place. And I think that I uh, took that camera on a job and formatted those cards or something because I, I don't have the episodes, So um, rip those two episodes, but um, that is okay because it inspired me to kind of get my, my stuff together here. So, you know, I do video production for a living and doing this podcast was always something that I would do, with Steven or whoever the guest was, you know, Daniel um, or my wife, um, usually late at night, usually after working a full production day. And that meant that the last thing I wanted to do was like set up lights and, and, you know, multiple cameras and stuff. When we first started, you noticed there's multiple angles. We were running it through the ATEM. And, and even that, even just setting up three cameras and microphones got to be a little tedious. So that just meant we weren't recording as often and, and this and that. So, I finally got some motivation mostly from accidentally deleting two episodes of the show. Um, I got some motivation to put together sort of a permanent setup, which is something I've needed for my business anyways, you know, for our, um, for our studio stuff, I need a place that I can record content for my business anyways. And we had tried it a couple times in the space that we, that we use in our house and just never got it to look how we wanted. Mostly because, you know, if you watch past episodes, the colors of our wall, are really gross. They kind of, they they like match skin tone way too well. So it just doesn't look appealing. Um, and then Gina had the idea we should just put up, we have, you know, a 12 foot, um, wide roll of blue paper that doesn't actually fit, but we've, we've basically cut some of that paper off and fastened it to the wall so that we have sort of a permanent setup that looks really nice. And then Some of the cameras that we're not really using anymore you know rather than just letting them sit and collect dust we might as well record content with them they still look good you know and so i have some older gear just set up in here so that i can quickly just flip on the cameras throw a light on a stand with a battery so i don't have to plug stuff in and we're good to go so that should make this even easier like literally this table is usually backed against this wall i pull it out i turn this light on it's on a rolling stand i move it in This camera is never moving Um, for solo stuff like this. I won't use the other two cameras, but when Steven and I are going, this table, this table actually like moves. So we'll tilt it from this way to this way. You get the point. We have a cooler setup now. Um, That should mean the production quality goes up with minimal work on my part, which hopefully means more episodes. You know, I would, I would love to just do podcast episodes all day, every day. Um, But you know, when you're working full time, when you're doing other stuff, it's hard to coordinate. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible, but at the same time, make content we're proud of. So hopefully going forward, you see content consistently from us and it looks better, it sounds better, all that stuff. So uh, with that being said, um, that was my long, I guess, ramble about why you haven't seen us, you know, just very busy summer, deleted episodes, new studio setup. And that brings us to now. So uh, what I figured I would do is kind of do a redo of one of those episodes that we had filmed. Obviously, Stephen is not here. He's traveling for work right now, but I just wanted to talk about the concept a little bit and give us something to chew on, um, and then we'll get another episode out here soon. Um, so, yeah, one one of the things, I guess, that, I, uh, that I've that i been thinking about a lot, and, and this is a concept, sort of a paradigm, that I've been thinking about um, even before I converted to Catholicism, and... And it's, excuse me, uh, the paradigm is, um, a way that we view our faith. How do we approach our faith? And, um, I guess I'll just go right into it and stop, stop talking around it. So do we approach our faith looking for the essence of it or the fullness of it? And that's kind of the paradigm shift that I had and the way I started thinking about things and, and it's a, it's a paradigm that can apply to our theology, to our practice, to our spiritual development, um, and really to our ongoing conversion. And I think it, it plays out in all of those arenas. And if it's playing out in one of those arenas, it's probably playing out in a couple others, whichever way you lean. And so, um, to describe it. So what what I mean by that is when we think about our life and Jesus's role in our life, what is our approach to that? And I'll start with the theological nature of this. So when I was a Protestant, not all the time, but there were many times, um, and many churches I went to where the approach was sort of the essence of the faith. And what that looks like in a theological setting is, you know, what's mere Christianity? What's the list of beliefs, the bare minimum that you have to have to be considered a Christian? You know, is it, just the Trinity and the divinity of Jesus, you know, and that's, and then everything else is somewhat negotiable, you know? Um, Like, can we play Rob Bell a little bit and question the virgin birth like he does in the Velvet Elvis? Are we still okay if we do? And there's people who say yes to that. There's people who say no to that. Maybe their list is a little longer, but the approach, the direction of the movement of their thoughts is still the same. You know, like maybe we don't agree with everything the Presbyterians believe or the Baptists believe. Um, maybe we're not totally on board with the emergent church, but they get the essence, right? Jesus's divinity and the, the necessity of, you know, believing in him for salvation. And that's about it. You know, everything else we can kind of disagree on. Versus what is everything that Jesus handed down to us theologically? What is everything he wanted us to believe? Um, and and I, I mean, as a Protestant, I went to a lot of churches that maybe the leadership was intent on having a robust theology, but they didn't necessarily desire, they would have desired it, but maybe they didn't think it was possible or practical for the people in the seats on Sundays to have a robust theology um, around their faith, you know? So it was sort of this game of what's the least someone can believe and still get in, so to speak. And I think, this attitude presents a problem in our approach to faith in that it leads us to desire just enough. Just enough to be theologically acceptable. Just enough to be a practicing Christian, whatever that means to you and your stream. And what what happens is you sort of have this... Um, you know, it's kind of like the the victimhood of low expectations, right? Like if if you are only expecting the bare minimum of the people in your church theologically in terms of their practice and obedience, you're going to get the bare minimum results and fruits. Um, and so, so kind of having explained that as the essence, theologically speaking, the fullness would be the opposite, right? The fullness would be, okay, maybe we can't handle it all at once, but what we want everything Jesus taught. We want, we want perfect theology and sure, humanly that's probably unattainable. Like there are going to be, you know, even in Catholicism, we might have the, all the revealed truths and that might be, that might be the apostolic deposit, right? We can be secure in that, but there's things that Catholics are allowed to have a variance of opinion on, but we should still be eagerly desiring to find the truth in those things. And, you know, certainly as Catholics, we believe in the development of doctrine, that as the age of the church goes on, we understand the apostolic deposit more clearly. And that's why we have dogmatic definitions, even, you know, even as recent as the past couple hundred years, clarifying, the app, the deposit of faith, and and what that extends to, and 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 things we need to believe to necessarily defend it. So, we should always be eagerly pursuing the fullness of everything that's true about God, um, who is obviously infinite. So that could go on forever, right? So, that approach. That approach is much different because now you have high expectations. Now we have, a desire. To not let anything go. And just because something is complex, that doesn't mean we're going to stop trying to understand it or stop trying to explain it so that even the least of these can understand it, comprehend it, or at least submit to it in faith, right? And so that's the paradigm, I guess. Um, And for me, it's become an important one in my journey to convert to Catholicism and even in my personal conversion after it, because the same paradigm doesn't just apply to us theologically are we just approaching God with like the bare minimum of what we have to believe to be a Christian or a Catholic, or are we going for everything he wants us? Are we continuing to learn? Are we continuing to study and try and clarify our ideas? This is, this also extends beyond that to our spirituality. You know Um, for me, this is personally the growth point, you know, am I just doing enough, to be considered a practicing Catholic. Like we go to mass every Sunday. (laughs) I don't receive communion in a state of mortal sin or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we go to confession at least once a year. Um, You know, we uh, engage with spiritual disciplines as we can, but probably not as often as we should. Is that like, is that enough? And am I satisfied with like, Oh, okay. You know, yeah, I go to mass every weekend and you know, I do some spiritual things here and there, or am I approaching the fullness of what God has for my life? spiritually speaking, because that's certainly the case, right? God, God has way more for me than the bare minimums of obedience to the bishops and the Pope and my priest. Um, he has way more for me than that. Like, if you look at the lives of many of the great saints, you see this, that there's the obedience requirements of the church, you know, your Sunday obligation, your holy days of obligation, receiving the Eucharist once a year during Eastertide, receiving the sacrament of confession once a year, you know, not engaging in mortal sins, or if you do going to confession, like you could do all of that. And on paper, you're, you're a good Catholic, but that's the essence of Catholicism, right? That's the essence of our personal obedience to Jesus. But is that really all he wants for us? And the answer to that's definitely no. He wants way more than that. You know, he probably has some sort of calling on you and, 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 um, some sort of desire for what you do with your time desire for your rule of life and how you spend your days and he would probably like you to engage in a lot more prayer um and maybe some people are praying too much right you know saint thomas talks about that like if you're praying too much and you're not being affected then maybe you pray less so that you can actually be active in the world too but needless to say that same paradigm of am i doing just enough to say i got the essence of obedience um, the essence of spiritual development and and spiritual progression and the journey towards holiness like just enough to kind of stay in the ring or am i continuing on to the fullness of what god has for me um that's that's a hard approach and i I, you know i can say personally in terms of theology i'm pretty confident that, that i have the fullness paradigm i i am voracious i read a lot i think a lot um but i can't can i say that about my spiritual journey can i say that about my spiritual direction. You know what? Most of the time, to be honest, probably not. And that's, that's a point of repentance for me. Right. And so I think it's the same for all of us. Are we, are we just desiring the bare minimum of what Jesus has for us? Like just enough to be considered good. Um, because that's a downward approach and that's, that means at some point not to sound scrupulous, but you're probably like right on the line, right. Um, right on the edge of the narrow road, perhaps wouldn't we rather if Jesus is who he says he is and everything he commands of us is good for us and he has our best in mind, he has plans for us to prosper, right? Not to harm. Then our hearts should want the fullness of everything Jesus has for us, whether that's the fullness of the theology of the church and the theology, you know, the understanding of God and his plans for us, um, the understanding of church teaching and, whether it's the fullness of obedience, you know, even beyond what's, what's necessary or required, maybe God has further obedience points for you that maybe aren't required for other people. Not that they're, you know what I mean? You know what? You get what I'm saying. Maybe there's something that God is calling you to step out into in obedience. That's not required of everyone else. You know, when we talk about religious life, we have the evangelical councils that not everyone is called to but certainly the one who is called to it and then commits to and accepts the call and is consecrated to it is now bound to it. In a, in the same way, I think God calls all of us to specific things sometimes, maybe just for a time or for a season that he might not call other people to. Are we, are we heeding the voice of the spirit to call us into those things? And are we are we wanting to be called into those things? Are we saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Well, that mission's impossible, Isaiah. They're not going to listen to you. Here I am, Lord, send me. Um, In the same way, like in our charity, in our acts of service, are we just doing enough to be like, oh, I do acts of service? Or are we wanting to step into the fullness of what God has for us there? What's the way that we can serve our families, our communities, our parishes, our country? You know. So this is, yeah, this is the paradigm. And the more I think about it, you can see that how all-encompassing it is. Um, in a way, it's the paradigm of ongoing discipleship versus stagnating discipleship, you know if I, in any part of my heart, whether it's intellectually, emotionally, um, spiritually, uh, in terms of my orientation towards others and, and God's role in that, if any part of me wants just the essence, you know, just just enough that part is at risk for stagnation, but as disciples of Christ, as, especially as Catholics who have the full power of the sacraments, who enjoy the, the fullness of the apostolic tradition, oral and written, who, who live under the, the blessed authority of a living magisterium that can speak with clarity into the present moment. And, um, enjoys the protection of the Holy Spirit over the whole Church, so that we're promised it won't fail. We're in a privileged position to enjoy the fullness of what God has for us in our sacramental life and our spiritual life, individually and corporately, communally as a as a whole, universal, Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, and as individual parishes. What would it look like today if all of us as Catholics started taking hold? of the fullness of what God has for us the fullness of his experience he desires for us in mass the fullness of all the fruits that we could enjoy in a in a contemplative life in a prayerful life in a disciplined life the fullness of what it would mean to step into and enter into the the ongoing conversation of the saints over 2000 years and receive the truth of God handed down and 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 safeguarded by our bishops and priests for 2000 years. What would it what would it mean for us to dive into understanding our faith and not just getting like oh we have to believe this as Catholics but like here's why it's important. Here's why the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul and divinity in every part and particle is important for us as Catholics? Here's what that does to us practically. Here's what it means for us in terms of prayer. Here's why acts of service are so important. Not just because, oh, we're Catholics and we should do good things, but here's what God is doing in us when we do that. If we started to take our faith to that level, if we started to ask Jesus, Jesus, I don't want just enough of you. I want everything you have for me in terms of my understanding of you theologically, my prayer life, my outward service, my engagement with my parish, my engagement with my family. That would probably be the greatest transformation of our lives. So, maybe that's a dynamic that's helpful. And I guess that's that's pretty much all I have to say about it without just rambling on. What would it look like for you to look at maybe any area of your faith and in your life and and say, "I'm just going for the essence here." Like, oh, uh, I got the the spirit of charity, but are you are you actually? engaging in the fullness of of the charitable works God has for you? Are you stepping into everything he wants you to know and study? Are you stepping into everything he wants for you in your prayer life? And if you started to orient yourself towards the fullness, towards the abundance of Jesus, the, the path of pursuing every last drop of what he has for you in the sacraments, in prayer, in penance perhaps in obedience in communal life in any of the areas where your faith and what should be your whole life if you were to pursue everything he had for you what would that look like how would that change things i know for me that's probably well i know exactly what it is it's a more consistent discipline of prayer um and and maybe not the maybe not the for me the practice maybe isn't the same every day but the time and and just the fact that I'm there and showing up with Jesus every day. That's, that's my next obedience point for sure. If I, if I'm only shooting off in our father, cause I went, Oh, I haven't prayed today. Our father who art in heaven, just shooting it off real quick to, to just get it done. That's, that's spiritual life support, but that's not thriving, you know? So for me, I want my prayer life to thrive. I want to walk into a place where I can pray, and contemplate and study at some point have like a whole holy hour devoted to God and whatever, maybe it's reading the scriptures one day, maybe it's doing a rosary and a chaplet the night, whatever it is. But I feel like for me that next step is like a holy hour where I can encounter God, just God, nothing else. I'm not, you know, distracted by work or anything. I'm not on life support, but I'm thriving in prayer. Um, for others, it might be study. Maybe, maybe, you're on a lifeline in terms of like, I know what I should believe and I'm like barely holding on, but I need to step into a place where I'm thriving in my knowledge of the faith my understanding of it. Um, maybe thriving in your communal experience of the people of God in your parish. So that's it. That's the essence versus the fullness. And, um, my prayer for my, for myself, for my family, for my parish is that all of us would be approaching the fullness of what God has for us in every area of our life. Um, where we live, work, study, and play, you know, that's the classic, like that encompasses your whole life. So, but especially, especially in in the Holy sacrifice of the mass, um, an area where all of us should want every last drop of what God has for us is in the Holy sacrifice of the mass, especially encountering our Eucharistic Lord. So there's my thought. Um, hopefully that's a good reintroduction to the podcast. I might start doing stuff like this a little more often. Sometimes I have thoughts I just want to ramble on. So, um, let me know what you thought of this. If it's just me and the microphone and and you listening is, is cool. Or if we want to just have the conversations, I'm up to this. I'm open to this becoming whatever it is as a podcast. Um, sometimes it might be this, maybe we'll do more of this. Um, I have some other conversations with Steven planned, So we'll have him back on soon. And actually Daniel wants to come back on as well. He and I have had some more conversations just we talk a lot cause we're friends, but then also we've had some more conversations about this. So it's probably a good time to have him back on and do a second episode with Daniel and some of his thoughts and opinions about Catholicism. And I want to do more stuff like that. So we'll try to get more people who are already Catholic on, maybe a couple more people who aren't have some of those discussions and we'll just see where it goes. So as always, thanks again for watching or listening and uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are found for the most part Um, you can also find us on YouTube to watch a video version. And Hey, if you benefited from this conversation or any of the other videos we put out, please subscribe, uh, whether it's on podcast form or video on YouTube or both, and share it with someone that you think would uh, be interested or, um, would spark some curiosity based on uh, what we're talking about. And we'll see you next time on drew the Catholic. Thanks.